G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Someone else that's on World Cup duty, but it's uh, taken some time out to join us to talk uh, the Cricket World Cup is uh, Mel Jones. G'day, Mel. How are you doing? Very well indeed. How's, how's Wellington uh, been treated? How's that experience, mate? Um, I understand the weather's been, uh, been, been uh, interesting. <laughs> it hasn't been kind, that's for sure. So, no, we, uh, we couldn't get out of Wellington yesterday because of um, fog. So, missed the second semi-final in Christchurch. So, um, enjoyed walking around, exploring it a little bit more, and then, yeah, hopefully out today. Yeah, well, fingers crossed, and, and best of luck getting out today. Um, uh, so you can cover that final on on Sunday. Because uh, yesterday, I, I think, you know, congratulations to England, and that's great, but I think we're all a little bit disappointed this game wasn't closer, given what we'd seen from South Africa through the uh, through the round robin. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, and just, well, it's almost the, the norm of the competition, too. I think we had 12 games of the 28 round games that went down to the wire down to the last over, sort of eight balls um, with people not knowing which way it was going to go. It's, um, it's sort of unprecedented, particularly in the 50 over format. Mm. So to sort of, I think everyone's been spoiled by that through the round game. So we're just expecting now you sort of get down to the final four that that trend would continue. But um, yeah, both semifinals have been reasonably one-sided, which makes me just think that we're just, Saving ourselves for Sunday. Saving ourselves for Sunday and the, and the two <laughs> yeah. two best teams definitely in the final. Um, or yeah, oh, probably debatable, I guess in, in some ways. Um, England had that very dodgy start, didn't they? Mm. Where they went um, zip and three and had to basically play a final each and every game to get all the way through. And they've they've certainly found something um, which has been super impressive. Um, I, I thought South Africa were brilliant right throughout as well. Um, I think it's. I'm certainly not going to compare them to the men's team at all, but saying it out loud, I probably have. But I think their their hashtag is always rising, and they've they've been setting themselves for this World Cup um, for the last probably eight years. Um, so for them just to yeah falter at that second last step was was a bit of a shame. But um, quality all around the competition. But I think yeah these two teams will match up well. Now, Mel, a lot of people will be watching this in New Zealand, watching the uh, this this World Cup as a tournament. And I know there's been a lot of that talk about the the quality of the cricket, and as you touched on as well, how close the games have been. Because previously, you know, you've seen these tournaments happen, but there've been blowouts after blowouts after blowouts until you get to kind of the semi final stage. So, I mean, I don't yeah. know from from your point of view, has it been a surprise um, how close the games have been in general, and 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 how much the quality of cricket around the world has come up? I'm um, certainly not surprised about the, the quality of cricket. It's, it's fantastic that you don't always get teams bringing their best performance all the same, you know, four weeks, five weeks kind of thing. Um, yeah. And particularly over the last five-year cycle, it's been extended by the year because of COVID. We've had a number of teams who didn't play one one-day international for, for two years between 2019 and uh, 21. So for, for those teams to be able to, to find a way within the last 12, 18 months to get themselves prepared and ready for this is, you know, it's certainly hats off to them. So, yeah, certainly not not surprised by by the quality. I, I would say, though, massive hats off to all the, the ground staff around New Zealand because they have produced outstanding grounds and outstanding pitches that have really provided quality competition between bat and ball, and that's just absolutely critical for the game of cricket. Um, and it's brought spinners in, it's brought the pace bowlers, um, it's brought, you know, 
that is the, the power game and touch. It's, it's brought absolutely every every player into the game. So, yeah, a huge thanks to them. Yeah, that was something. It was a stat that came up in the game yesterday, actually, that surprised me a bit, was uh, the division of wickets between pace bowlers and, and, and spin bowlers. And, you know, I mean, New Zealand being, I think, second in the list of the most uh, pace wickets with with 20. Uh, it it yeah. feels like those pitches, as you say, have, have, have really given something to everybody. And uh, New Zealand traditionally hasn't been great for spinners like you know if you look at our test team uh, when we play yeah. very rarely do we name a, t- a spinner in our 11 if we're playing at home so uh, that's yeah. been a that's been a pleasant surprise yeah um, look yeah it has and I think when you sort of look at the grounds too because um, grounds have been used for, for multiple games you've got sort of got fresh pitches which you've got a bit of pace and bounce and a bit of greenery on the top um, which is fantastic so the sort of the seamers came through then and then as, as the grounds are used more and more, then you know they've got a little bit more worn and it brought the spinners into the game, uh, but they still had the bounce there as well, so it still allowed the pace bowlers to have a little bit of fun. Um, so yeah, it was just a it's, a it's a wonderful combination. I think most spinners will also say too if it's if it's green, they can turn it on it as well. So um, yeah, wonder, wonderful display from the from the North and the South Islands. Now, from uh, an outsider looking in at the uh, at the White Ferns team, uh, it's been a disappointment for us as fans. Obviously, I mean they had such a great lead up beating India. One in that series, um, you know they they tonked Aussie as well in that warm up game when they chased down three hundred and twenty six yeah. and lost one wicket. I mean, uh, from the outside looking in, what what do you think went wrong for the White Ferns? Yeah, um, it's, it's a tough one to try and it'd be a nice little study on it. I, I look back to twenty twenty in the T Twenty World Cup in Australia and just the the weight of expectation on the Australian team to win it, and I don't think people understand that until they're actually in the team and to have a home world cup where all the talk is last time we hosted a home world cup we won it back in 2000 um that's a whole different ball game and something that i don't know if you can actually seriously prepare people for until they're actually in it you can do all your best and you can get off social media and do all those sorts of things so i i would hazard a guess that there was a little bit of that of just dealing with the expectation um and then when you they had a magnificent series against india as you said but it's a, it's a bilateral so you can sort of get into a groove you're in one spot you're playing the one opposition. Um, tournament style play is such a different beast. Um, and when you, you know, unfortunately for them, they lost that first one against the West Indies, which you know they probably should have won. Mm. And then you add that to, to the expectation, and when they're travelling, uh, they probably travelled the most around the country too. I, I would say. Um, and so if you've got people with injuries, I'm not too sure how much uh, tipping. So probably carried a back injury for, for quite some time. Leads to who who's the hammy. You're on planes. You're travelling. All those sorts of things. It would have been. I think it was probably a lot of little factors rather than just one big one. Yeah, that, that, that added up to that. Now, of course, uh, you could be, uh, I suppose we could accuse you of, of, of having, uh, uh, being in a, in a, in a no-lose situation. Of course, born in England, uh, grew, grew up in Australia. This this final's perfect for you, isn't it, Mel? Uh, well Googled. Um, look, no, my mum was just travelling. She was just travelling through. We, she happened to be there and we got straight back on the plane and came back to Oz. So, <laughs> um, no, look, uh, look, yeah, lots of, I've still got family over in England, um, but no, 100% well and truly on the green and gold bandwagon for Sunday. Um, so, yeah, hoping that they can go through uh, undefeated. If they win this World Cup, which seems more likely than not, given what we've seen so far, will it be the most dominant performance of any team to win a World Cup, do you think? Uh, yeah, look, um, Australian teams have gone through undefeated before, Um 
But I think the world was different back then as well. The competitive nature just wasn't there as much. Yes, you had probably, you know, four quality sides, but um, the rest sort of making up the, the competitions um, back then was still probably in their infancy in terms of international cricket, whereas that's completely different now. Um, so, yeah, without a doubt, the most dominant. And, you know, for me, looking at Australian sport, I would also put them in the bracket of one of our best ever sporting teams, um, men's or women's across the sports. Uh, if you think that they've only lost two games since the last World Cup cycle um, and a streak of 26 in amongst that, um, that's pretty impressive. And I mean, and to do it the way they've done it, particularly in that semi-final against the Windies without Elise Perry, who's, you know, I mean, I, I was talking to Matt, uh, the, the coach of, of the Australian team the other day, and, you know, sort of we were talking about her in the, in the same breath as, as the Jacques Callis in terms of opening the bowling and batting four. She's such an important player yeah. and such a great player. To then be able to just waltz through a semi-final without her as well just shows how strong that team is across the board. Yeah, and you've got to remember too, there's three players sitting at home who had injuries just before coming over here. So they were selected in the team to start with. So George Wareham, Sophie Molyneux and Tay Zelenic. So there's three other players that have come into this side to replace them. Um, and that goes to, you know, a big part of the reason why the Australian team's done so well over the last, you know, cycle is that their, their depth coming through the game off the back of, you know, the WBBL and the WNCL on the 50 over cricket um, has been, you know, a big, big driver of that. So, yeah, if you do lose someone, I think, you know, most teams, if they lost a, an Elise Perry-style player in their side before before a semi, they'd be in a bit of panic stations, but um, that's not the case for Australia. No, not at all. Now, last time these two teams met uh, was in the first round of round robin, and Australia set 310, or 311 for England to win, and they got to 298 for, for eight. Uh, so, I mean, it was a it was a decent chase. Uh, they just couldn't quite get there. How tight do you see the final being? Yeah, it was a cracking game. That, that, that uh, second game was absolutely brilliant. Matt Sivers' 100 was, um, yeah, one of the, the best you've seen. Um, so, and, and I think, you know, England will take a lot from that. We, we had the Ashes series just before we came over here, and Australia was very dominant in the one-day internationals. Um, so you were sort of wondering what England would sort of put on the park in that in that first game. Um, and they were, they were great. I think both bowling sides are probably disappointed with, with their efforts. Um, Sophie Eccleston went to none to 77 in that game. And then you flip that around to, you know, her sixth for last night. And you can just sort of say that I think England have packed that game up and sent it home that first one. And they're, they're just purely focused focused on, on Sunday's game. Um, so I can still see it being tight. I don't think this is going to be a blowout by any stretch. There does seem to be a, a thing. And I guess, you know, it gets, it gets talked about here as being a bit like the All Blacks, you know, um, when they, they have that aura about them. Teams tend to go out. Uh, mentally they're already 10 points down before they get out there when they play yeah. the All Blacks it feels a bit like that particularly from a New Zealand point of view whenever we play an Australian cricket team and I, I get that feeling about the Poms as well Yeah and and that's probably like I mentioned before the depth you know you, you can get through Healy, Haynes and Lanning and you've still got Perry and Mooney and McGrath come in you know so <laughs> there's, sort of, there's, no, there's that no relief usually I think you can sort of look at the side and think okay so they've got bowler X, Y and Z uh, okay, we can attack here and, and these players can match up well here. Um, so you can sort of find your way into a, into a game. Um, but it's it's difficult with the Australian team at the moment because whoever comes in with the, with the bat or the ball is either, you know, ranked top 10 in the world or has had a magnificent tournament or is, you know, the best young gun coming through or something along those lines. So it's, it's hard to try and figure out as a coach, you know, Lisa Kiley, to try and say, where's, where's the chink in the armour in? How can we exploit it? 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough, tough road. The Australian women looking really good for the uh, for the victory. You got to think uh, they're definitely strong favourites. But looking forward to that final being played out on Sunday. Mel, thanks very much for giving us so much of your time. Really appreciate it. Have a great call and safe travels. Hope you stay dry. Yeah, thanks so much. And thanks for supporting the World Cup too. Really appreciate it. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.